0: Welcome to the Crossing Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at thecrossing.cc. Gang, well, uh, uh, again, good, good morning to you and uh, happy Veterans Day. Am I good here? Okay, everything looking right? Hey, you know what? That's the good thing about that. All right. So if you're here today and uh, you have served in uh, any, any of our, our armed forces, I got to tell you this, it's just little randy uh, stuff. You can agree, disagree, or it doesn't matter. Uh, I've, I've got, I think what I could help our government is uh, I, I think uh, before you could serve in Congress or uh, serve in any branch of, of our government, I think about four years in the military as a requirement would be a great prerequisite to uh, just help. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, that's just me, but uh, uh, but if you're here today and you've served in any branch of the military, or if you currently currently have family serving in the military, would you stand and remain standing, please? Would you stand to your feet? You're a veteran, you've served, or you have somebody serving. Yeah. Man, thank you so much. Yeah, please remain standing. Yeah, absolute heroes, way to go. Man, way to go. Please, please remain standing. I know you're not comfortable with all of this, but listen, you, there's, there's very few things as much like the spirit of Christ as the willingness to lay your life down for the sake of other people, people that you don't even know. And there is something about the spirit of the rescuer and the protector The protector that God is, that he puts in folks, and all of you that have put your life on the line, or you have have children that are putting their life, or friends and family that are putting their life on the line, you just, you got to know, thank you is not nearly enough, but we so appreciate it. And I want to actually pray a very special blessing over you before you are seated, like if you would, if you're around some of these folks, just kind of stretch your hands, because I mean it so sincerely. Father, in the name of Jesus, there is absolutely no amount of money, no amount of medals, no amount of praise, no amount of words that can bless and honor these folks that put their lives on the line to protect this nation and this country. And Lord, I'm asking you to go beyond what we're able to do and speak in a language they can understand from you how proud you are of them. And how thankful we are to them for laying their lives down, for, for, for going to the front lines to protect this nation and our freedom and our way of life and for loving this nation and loving their God enough to do that. God, I'd speak blessing and favor and prosperity and honor and open doors and graciousness and mercy and provision and all things good over these lives Thank you, Father, for them. We honor them, and we pray for this nation as well and ask, would you send revival by your definition and turn the heart of this nation back to you? In the name of Jesus, we pray, and everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much. Man, it just always feels like so not enough for for our our veterans and for those that serve in the military, so we're just very, very honored. For all of you that do that. Gang, uh, I'm gonna move the football pretty quickly here. And uh, so we started a series on the person of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And uh, last week, and I would encourage you, if you were not here to go back and, and take a look at that message. Um, here's, here's the thing some of you have come up in church life. And so if you've come up in church life, you either have a very strong opinion kind of for him or, or we don't talk about him or, uh, you know, we uh, connect him to emotion, which he does bring emotion, or you bring, you, you connect him to just, uh, he's a topic, but we don't, we don't experience him. It's, it's it, here, let me just say this, and I said this last week, if I were the devil, and I'm not, and uh, the most seismic shift on the planet that happened was the Holy Spirit coming and indwelling the church who could take over the world if we understood who we were, and if we understood the power that that we host, we could take over the world and put a whooping on the devil. If I were the devil, and I knew that if I could keep us, the church, fighting about him, uh, discouraged about him, afraid of him, confused about him, thinking that he's going to make you weird. If I were the devil, that's what I'd do. Now I'm not the devil, and, uh, but I will tell you, in the Church of Jesus Christ, when you raise this, the, I don't want to call it the subject, when you raise the name of the person, God, the Holy Spirit. Boy, you get all kinds of reactions. And what I'm wanting to do, in fact, here is my assignment. This is at the top of each of my sermons. My assignment from the Holy Spirit was to broker trust from the people of God to God, the Holy Spirit. Whatever you've heard that might make you afraid or whoever has represented him in a way that you think, God, it's just too weird for me. Uh, I, just, if I, I can't erase all of that. What I can tell you is simply this. God, the Holy Spirit... He's the the most kind friend you could possibly have, capable of speaking the worlds into, into place and calling order out of any chaos. He hovered over the chaos that was this earth, and he came upon it in Genesis, and he spoke it and brought it into order. Powerful God has brought himself down just like a dove. I mean, he wants so desperately to be tangible to you to say, do not be afraid of me. I'm here to help. This is God, the Holy Spirit. And so uh, can he make you shake and speak in, in, in a foreign tongue? And uh, can there be emotion to Absolutely. Can he come upon you and uh, you not even hardly know that it's, that, that anything's happening? Can he be that subtle? We learned last week that he calls no attention to himself. Absolutely. Pastor, do I have to speak in tongues to have him? No, you don't. No, you don't. Here's the thing, gang. Uh, do I believe that? That uh, uh, praying in tongues is an evidence of the, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. I do believe that. Do I believe everyone will do it? I do not. And it's, it, but, but it's, here's the deal. That is, we have this little tight little window. See, I grew up Pentecostal, and we had one little window. I mean, you had to get through this tiny little window to be considered empowered by the Holy Spirit, and it went like this you need to be baptized on a particular day. And uh, the only way you know that you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit is if you speak with other tongues. Well, man, I went years trying to have this experience, and so I am going to teach some out of my experience, which doesn't, it just means this has been my experience. But I kept trying to have an experience, and it confused me. Here's When Jesus began to teach about the person of the Holy Spirit, he told the disciples, he didn't tell them, go to the upper room and here's what you're going to experience. He didn't say, you're going to speak in tongues and then there's going to be fire come like it's going to be over your head and that's going to freak you out and you're going to speak in foreign languages. And then there's going to be the sound of a rushing mighty wind. He didn't tell them anything about an experience. And I'm not going to teach you that. He said, go and wait for the promise of the Father, and when he comes, he a person, when he comes, you may shake, rattle, and roll, you may not do anything at all, but we're not waiting for an experience, we're hunting for a person. That's what we're looking for. And when he comes, he is going to cause you, it's going to be the most, it'll be a seismic shift on planet Earth, similar to and exceeding the power of Jesus Christ coming to this Earth. That's by Jesus' words, not mine. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go. This is going to be better for you, and greater works will you do. Right. So I want to kind of take, uh, but pastor, I grew up speaking in tongues. Man, keep speaking them. I did too, and I do too. I pray in, in, in tongues in my private uh, prayer life all the time, and I have not found it to be a sign of anything. I find it to be a very useful tool given to me that, pastor, that's too weird for me, and that's okay. That, that doesn't mean he's not present, all right? We, we, we've got all these different theolo- theologies and they cause us to fight with each other when we, we needn't fight with each other, right? No need to fight with each other. All we need to do is do what Jesus said. Expect this person who can cause us to do what we cannot in our own strength otherwise do. God, the Holy Spirit. We, we can all do that, right? We can all just anticipate this person, this personality of God, the Holy Spirit. And however he wants to manifest in you or me, we're not going to compare our experiences. Jesus pointed at results, not the experience. I'm far more interested in what happens in Acts chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, the rest of the book than I am in the first one and a half chapters, all right? Although that's fantastic. Pastor, I caught on fire, I levitated, I fainted for two hours. Man, I don't don't doubt you. I'm serious. That's, I mean, hallelujah. That's fantastic. Uh, I was as boring as all get outs. But the result started happening through my life. That's what we're looking for. What's the evidence? Here's how Jesus taught the Holy Spirit. Nicodemus said, What gives with the Holy Spirit? I mean, what do you mean I need to be born again of the Spirit? And Jesus had such a great explanation. He said, uh, Nick, it's like this it's like the wind. You can't tell where the wind starts or where it goes. The Holy Spirit is like this. You can't really point and go, Well, he's there. Whoa, he's over there. Whoa. He said, He's like the wind. You don't really, you can't really quantify or say he's there or he's here, but here's what you know about the wind. You can see the results. You see when the winds, when the trees are blowing, you say, I see the wind. You don't see the wind. You simply see the results of the wind. You don't know where the wind started, where it went to, how much, what the volume, you don't know any of that. Yep. And here's the beautiful thing you don't need to know nor understand to very simply say, Well, I, I may not fully understand wind, but I, I know when it's happening and when it's not. You can wrestle all day long trying to fully understand the Holy Spirit or the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You just can't quite get it to fit into the laws of physics. But here's what you can do. I don't understand where it starts and ends, but but I know when it's moving. Yes. I can see the results. So here's what I want you to do. We're seeking a person, and we're seeking the results that he said would come Amen. By, Amen. by and through him, and any other things that happen with it. Well, Hallelujah. Okay, but we need results. Uh, We are entering uh, a a, a time uh, in church life, and again, I know we've got people from all different faith levels, but I've been at this 100 years, maybe 200. I've been in church a long time, and uh, I I can tell you from somebody in, in, in the business looking at this, we're about to start a new decade, the decade of the 20s, not just a new year in two months. We're starting a new decade. And I think that this, this very nation is, in a, is going to see the most revolutionary shift one direction or the other in the morality of this. this the nation's identity is resting over the next 10 years, and you need to know this as, as people of God, what, what the church can do by its gifts and talents, and they are many, it has run its course. And the reason that God sent the Holy Spirit... Have you ever wondered why? Why didn't he just send the disciples out? You know, look, he was crucified on Friday, buried on, you know, through Saturday, rose on Sunday, Monday morning, get the boys together and get them going. Go get them, fellas. I mean, they had witnessed a whole lot. They'd seen him rise from the dead. Why didn't he, why did he wait 50 days? Why all that waiting and all that? Why did he appear day after day after day and prove all of that, that s- s- stuff to them and just say, fellas, just go on what you know. It's because here's what he knew. Them in their strength and knowledge of Jesus, as much as it was, and it was a lot, it wasn't going to birth the church and overcome the things that needed to be overcome. This this was them in their strength, but this is how God saw them. They saw themselves like this. Here's what we can do. God said, but this is who you are. They said, but we don't see this over here. There's a big gap right there. How is that going to work? Here's what God said. I'm going to fill the gap. This is you and your strength. This is what I've called you to do. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you are one and the same person. You see yourself this way, I say you're this. You see yourself accomplishing this, I say you're going to accomplish this. You cannot do it without being Filled with my spirit. I say that to you to let you know over these next 20 years, the church, with all of its best strategies and strengths and marketing and music and all of this, it can't do what the church full of the Holy Spirit can do. And it'll be no match, gang. That's right. It'll be no match for the next t- 10 years for this, the, the 20s. It'll be the roaring 20s again. So we, the church, and this church in particular, we're teaching this little series, but this isn't a little series. We're opening to the person of the Holy Spirit to say, change us, fill us, empower us, but we don't want to just go through the motions of managing good church services. We want what Jesus said, when he comes upon you, he's, I'm gonna, I'm, I am going to make you my witnesses. This sermon is called The Witness Maker, The Witness Maker. Maker. All right, I got to move quick because <laughs> because it's, it's almost time for kickoff. All right, <laughs> No. all right. I've got some review from last week, but I, I'm, I honestly do not have time for it. I'm just going to ask you go back and review that. The one thing I will say that we learned from the first message is that 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 the Holy Spirit doesn't bring attention to Himself. He's very gentle, and we looked at a word called parakaleo, which, which is parakletos para is, is the Greek word for the Holy Spirit. Parakaleo is where it comes from, and it just means a gentle welcoming. It's God in his fierceness bringing himself down into the most tangible, even more tangible than Jesus. He's, come, he's not just with you. He's in you, and he's in your thoughts, and listen, he's not to be, I mean, he's to be feared in some ways. But because he's holy, but he could not be more gentle. I mean, he just has reached as far as he could to say, look, I, I, look, I'm God. I, I mean, you no harm. I'm, I mean, good for you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Paracaleo, drawing us near. So we're going to learn. We're going to learn a different word this week. But everybody say witness. witness. All right. This is Acts 1, 7 and 8, the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus describing it, the disciples have asked, when when are you gonna come back, Jesus, and when are you gonna make us rulers over Rome and turn the world upside down? Jesus said, fellas, that's not for you to worry about. This is Acts 1, 7. He told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the Father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Now, remember, he's talking to some good Jewish kids. These are good Jewish boys, and when they heard, hey, we're going to be powerful in Jerusalem, they were high five, and we get that. You need to know there was a little awkward moment in what he just said. You're going to be my witness in Judea and Samaria. What you can't see is the look on Simon Peter's face when he said Samaria. Because Peter looked over at the other Jewish boys, because Samaria is a bunch of half-breeds. Our people and their people don't cotton to be all Texas about it. They're Hatfields, we're McCoys. What do, you, what, what do you mean? See, already something's rising in these guys to go, look, you, the way you see yourself... You're not going to be able to touch as many people because you got all these prejudices and all this messed up stuff in your head and the way you look at people. I'm going to have to fix all that. But when I fill you with the Holy Spirit, this is who you're going to be and what you're going to be able to accomplish. We're going to be able to go across racial lines and prejudicial lines. I tell you, the one place that there ought not be any racial discriminations whatsoever is in the church of Jesus Christ. (sighs) You missed an opportunity right there. I'll forgive you. All right. He said, I'm going to make you my witnesses. So uh, the Holy Spirit's here to make a witness out of you. Here's what I want you to understand. We live in the West. We are an incredibly churched nation. Would you agree? You can look on the internet, millions of sermons, millions of books. Uh, uh, Used to, you could go in a bookstore. Those are becoming obsolete. Uh, but you can go on, on the web and find all the information you want. You, there's a church on every corner, a good one on every other corner right now here in this wonderful city. I've been in church too long. I'm just telling you. And here's the, here's the beauty that we have of being in, in, in America in that we are so uh, we are so blessed. We have so little to fight about. We just fight each other. We create within the church little fraternities and sororities, and we build it around grace. And like we're a grace group, and we're a, we're, and we're a charismatic spirit field. We're a revival group, and we got a faith group, and we got an apologetics group, and we got a word only group, and a Jesus only group. We, we got this big body of Christ, and it's so convenient to have church over here. We can't find a devil to fight. Well, they're there. But what, what we have is a bunch of people that have huddled around, and, and all, all those, are, I can't remember the groups I told you, but I'm sure they're all good, okay? I'm not, uh, Pastor, what is this church? Are you a grace church? Absolutely, we're a grace church. But I thought we were a Holy Ghost church. We're a Holy Ghost church, too. I thought you were a true like a, like a, like a, like a Bible church. We're a Bible church. I thought this was a charismatic church. We're a charismatic church. If it's in the Bible, welcome. I mean... We're not in a fraternity of any kind, man. We're here for the body of Christ. We're out here trying to slug it out with the devil and win some souls. But here's what I'm what I'm saying to you: is the era that we live in is that there's no lack of opinions about any topic you want to raise in the Scripture, and we have the luxury of fussing and fighting with each other and acting like it's actually doing some good and it's really not. But here's my point: Jesus didn't say the Holy Spirit's going to come and give you an opinion. Opinions are a dime a dozen said, I'm going to come, and I'm going to make you a credible witness. And I want you to know something about these two believers, these two types of Christians. One has very little credibility because, look, you can read the Scripture and go to all the Bible studies, and you should, and the Holy Spirit will help you understand that, and that's good, but I want you to know, until you put it out on the fields yourself and field test it and you prove it, you're only an opinion about that, you're not a witness of it. Okay, bunch of us in here, and probably all of you that are that are genuinely spirit-filled are Cowboys fans, and we can all get together. We can all get together and talk about what the Cowboys should do, and, and we're praying, and what, what. what, what what they should do and who they should draft and who should be coaching them. We can do all of that stuff, uh, but here's the deal. Uh, Most of us hadn't played a down on the Dallas Cowboys. I'm still praying. I still believe my future, the Lord's going to bless me to be the quarterback for the Cowboys. But so far, they hadn't called. I just watched the phone and go, but here's the deal. The the truth is, we we get to watch a play, and after that play's over, watch the replay and go, well, you should have thrown it. Well, yeah, after the play, that's kind of, well, duh. Here's the deal. All that is is a bunch of opinions about the football team. The guys on the field that are limping off at the end of it, those guys are actual witnesses to it. If one of those people walk into the conversation, all the opinions do this. You start asking questions if you've got any gray hair or smarts. You start asking questions to the person who's gone through it. Now, here's what I want you to know about God, the Holy Spirit, and you. We're gonna look at Jesus and his pattern. Do you know that Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit? All right? And he began to see results. Now, Holy Spirit, and here's the word I wanna to, want to lead you in today. It's a new, a new word. Everybody say, Hodageo. One more time, hodegeo. hodegeo. This is the Greek word for leader, guide. This is John 16. The Holy Spirit leads and guides us and, and I know when I say that, you go, oh, hallelujah, he's going to lead us into peaceful and sweet and prosper and all this. And yeah, but that's not how he makes a witness out of you. You don't, you don't become a witness by being an expert on a subject you've never tried. If you don't live in it, don't try to sell it. You know what I'm saying? If somebody's selling you insurance, the first question you ought to ask is, did you buy it? You know what I'm saying? God doesn't make us witnesses by making us smarter. He leads us through something. Let me show you. Jesus uh, was baptized. Now, this is Jesus. For 30 years, he's a carpenter. He tells people, I'm a carpenter. Everybody that talks about him, the whole rest, even after he's baptized, they all say the same thing. You mean the carpenter? That's his identity. That's what he's known at. And for 30 years, he's carpenter. Well, the time came, and God said, it's time. Jesus comes, and he gets baptized comes up out of the baptismal waters. The Holy Spirit, same one we're talking about, same one that's in this room, descended like a dove and rested on him. And then the word of God was spoken over his life and it said this, this is my son and in him I am well pleased. All right? So did Jesus believe that in his head when he heard God speak? Yeah, of course he did. All right. So, uh, if, he, if he believed that in his head, then, then don't you think that if, if, if you were the Holy Spirit, wouldn't you just take him into town and start getting people saved? Here's what you need to know. Jesus did not leverage at all. The Scripture says he gave up all the privileges that would have been his as God, and he became a human being. He had to have the power of the Holy Spirit come upon him just like you do, and just like i do no advantage no advantage so when he hears the word of god you are my son and in you i am well pleased he has the same opportunity as you and me to go i think yeah i believe that i believe i believe that have you ever looked at the scripture at how god describes you and and or had a wonderful experience or or when you got saved and the day after you he had this question well did i get saved I mean, yeah, no, I got saved, but wait a minute, I don't feel saved, all of that kind of stuff. So Jesus hears the word of God, spirit comes upon him, and then he, the spirit begins to gale, he begins to lead, and here's how he leads. Oops, I skipped a whole subject. I'm so sorry, I skipped the whole point. Let me see how important it was because I'm running out of time. Nope, there it is, John 16. I still have many things to tell you. Uh, no, already, did I already tell you all that? I'm sorry, I, when you do two sermons, I can't remember what I did. John 16, 24, the Hodegeo word. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them right now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all truth. Everybody say guide you. Okay, there's your word, Hodegeo. I'm jumping to my next point. Luke 4. Jesus baptized here's this word we're going to watch how the spirit guides him verse uh, Luke uh, 4 verse 1 then Jesus being filled with the holy spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days by the devil huh Pastor, you said the Holy Spirit, like he leads us and he guides us and that means he leads and guides into in the truth, which means when I'm reading my Bible and I go, wow, I wonder what that means. He tells me and then, whoo. Then you said he's gonna make me a witness, which means I'm gonna come up there and you're gonna pray for me and I'm gonna go, Halala, and boom, power's gonna come on me and then boom, I'm a witness. Not so fast. Jesus hears the word of God. He has an experience in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit begins then to make him a witness of that very word. So he takes him not to the state fair or not to some park or not to write a book. He takes him to the wilderness all alone to fight his private battles. Because Here's the deal. Your credibility, not your credibility to everybody else first. Your credibility with you happens by how you're fighting your private battles. Here's what you need to know. You're not tempted to sin, I hope, in, on Sunday morning. Not during the service. You know what I'm saying? Even if you're tempted, you don't because we're all here. And I can watch you. I am watching. See that. Put that phone down. Oh, I see And we could turn the cameras on you and put you on the World Wide Web. All that kind of stuff. Your battles and my battles, they're they're not when we're out and about. Our, Our big battles, I mean the big ones, the ones that most people don't even know you fight, they're in the wilderness of the lonely, of the deep, where the questions and the I'm not sure's and the I am being so tempted, but who could I tell Jesus wouldn't take him to the stadium to show off his new Holy Spirit duds. The Holy Spirit said, even you, Jesus, even you need to take the word of God that's been spoken over your life, and I'm going to put it through a test so that you become a witness of that word, not just a hearer, right? And so what what did Satan come to do? What what, what did he start beating him up in the desert about? Art, Art. If you're the son of God, what was the word of God? You are my son, and in you I'm well pleased. Would Satan ask him? Well, yeah. if, if you're the son of God, I mean, if you got saved, I mean, you, you say you got called. And you, you, at, you know, at the church camp experience in the Jordan, you were like, oh, well, well, but you come home from church camp, and now all of a sudden, it's just you and nobody, and all of a sudden, the questions and the little whispers start coming up. Really? I mean, you, you you're a carpenter. You're a redneck Jewish carpenter. You think anybody's going to believe you? Well, pastor, you think Jesus was actually tempted? Only if the Bible's true. Yep. And other than that, he was tempted. What was happening there? The word that was spoken over him, even he, even Jesus, needed to go through it. And who led him out there to fight his private battle? The Holy Spirit. Here's what you need to know. The Holy Spirit's not gonna put you on any platform to win the world until you win your secrets, yeah. till you win private. Remember David killed a lion and a bear. Nobody even knew about it before he hit the big stage. Here today, and I'm not just talking sin. I know everyone's thinking, oh my God, he's gonna get all prophetic and call my sin out. I've been in those services and it gets weird, but uh, <laughs> that's not what we do. Things were a little off in those days, and I'm just going to say, there was a lot of anxiety in the room. And, uh, now, but in all seriousness, many of you that are, are wrestling with sin, weakness in your life, first of all, you need to know this, you and everybody else. The thing about being alone and fighting, because you're thinking, gosh, everybody looks so holy and all together, and they know the songs, and they lift their hands, and they bow, and they do all that, and that's, that's because we have this treasure, but it's still in an earthen vessel, and so it's not, you're not two different people. You, you, you're spirit-led, and your spirit's ready to go now, but your body's being transformed, your mind's being transformed, all this stuff. In fact, this body's not even going to make it. I mean, God just said, we're not even going to try, it ain't happening. Your spirit's going to go, but this body's going to fight you tooth and nail, and sometimes it gets a hold of you, and it begins. And when you're fighting private, private sin in your life, and you're just too ashamed to tell anybody about it, and I'll tell you, you do need somebody. You don't tell everybody, but you do need somebody. It's not going to shame you, because here's, here's why there's no need for shame. All of us have private battles. Even the Lord Jesus had private battles. You're just human. But I will tell you this the Holy Spirit will will go with you to that he doesn't cause it he's not tempting you. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm saying he, he doesn't you want to overlook it and have everybody else overlook he's not going to overlook it he, and, and he, he wants you to win the victories over those private places in your life and he will go with you A little confession uh some of it is is thinking cycles that you don't need Nobody knows you think this way. You've got little cycles that go along. She say that again. I'm going to do this. You add it to the courtroom, and you constantly stay angry. You constantly stay resentful. You have constant unforgiveness, but you know how to talk about them. I mean, we're in church. We're in the cross, and we can't be like that and all. No, you can be because you are, and God the Holy Spirit wants to go and take you to the wilderness of your secrets and begin to help you because when you become credible with you, You you can help everybody else who's fighting those same kind of things. I'll just tell you, over the last two weeks, Stacey and I have been very busy. Her schedule's been very busy. We've been kind of passing on. Hey, I think I know you and all that. Y'all that are married, you have those kind of times. And uh, we've got a lot going on. And uh, I've got a particular non-church thing going on that I'm I'm trying to make happen, and there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. And uh, I started noticing about two weeks ago, and I told her several times, babe, I'm sorry, I, I feel like I'm being touchy and a little snappy and all that. And she says, no, you're wonderful. And I go, wow. <laughs> but I'm pulling it off. I'm faking it well. But here's the truth. I, I had this little cycle going on on the inside. It was a resentment cycle because I kept coming up with things that I'm having to do to make a certain project happen. Some of them make perfect sense, but some of them I just I have this fire come up on the inside, they go, why in the heck am I having to do, be responsible for that? Can anybody relate to that? Why am I having to do that? You know, oh, 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 and if I told you what it was and just, but there's a lot going on and there's things I just, yep, step up to the plate, be a man, do your job and all that, be a good son, be whatever. I got lots of responsibilities, but boy, for the last two weeks, there's just been this thing going on like, what, why am I having to do that, Right? How come the Christmas decorations can't get out of the attic on their own? <laughs> I, know, I love Christmas. But here's the thing. When that cycle starts, everything begins to bug me. Right? Everything. It's like, I've got to do that. Why i got to get dressed? Why do I got to mow the lawn? Wah, 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 wah. And so uh, I come up here this morning, and I'm, I'm trying to get my holy going and all that. And I'm here. Here's what you need to know. At 5 in the morning, I, I come, and here's what you need to know. I'm all alone just me. And uh, you become very, listen, you're most vulnerable when you're alone because the devil, he's looking for you to be alone, but the Holy Spirit's not afraid of you being alone facing your giant. Actually, he's trying to, he's slapping the other guy going, he hit you. I mean, he's starting the thing. (laughs) He's like that. So I come in the back door and I'm already in this, wow, I got to do this. And, uh, and I'm trying to be all holy in prayer, and I'm singing the right songs and all that, and I come in, and there's, there's things out of place in the auditorium, and we have a team value, and that is, if you see something out of place, you, you know, you don't go, well, it's their responsibility. You own it when you see it. You cover your team members. This is how our staff works, and, uh, and I was like, who came up with that rule, you know? It's like, mm. so I, I walk in, and everything I look at was out of place. There's, cords in weird places, there's trash cans. I don't know what it's like, trash cans reproduce when we're gone here, like what are all these trash cans doing in the auditorium? And uh, everything I look at, there was actually a little thread, a, a light colored thread on this black thing, and I looked at it and I went, oh, why do I have to do that? I mean, it's just let you know where I'm at. And uh, man, I'm just, I can't think of anything, but everything's out of place. It's like, whoa, oh, how are you gonna have church when there's a white thread on the black thing? What? <laughs> oh. Expect the Holy Spirit to move, and we have that. <laughs> Nobody's doing anything, so I'm mean, that. I'm just in a bad zone. And uh, here's here's so, and I'm I'm just, and here's what I'm thinking. I I don't want to be here today, God. I don't want to preach. I don't want. Who I need to be in church, and I need to go somewhere where somebody can preach to me. I mean, that's how I feel. Is that too real for you? And I'm thinking, man, I hope Reggie's got a sermon today, or somebody <laughs> I could call to go. <laughs> Ready to get out of here, just in a foul mood. And uh, so, so here's, here's, here's what I hear. Let's have communion. I thought, oh, I got to do that? <laughs> and I've, I've been having communion with the Lord now for the last six months or so and just tremendous things. And so I was like, great. So I go in there, not feeling holy at all. And uh, gang, gang, here's here's what's happening. I go and I sit down. And uh, I, I get the communion elements out and I'm, I'm not feeling spiritual. I'm just going, eh, let's just get this done. I got to get a message done and I got to preach to people like hallelujah. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's way too real for you. But, uh, so. but here's what, I, when I sat down, I felt like the Holy Spirit, he was there the whole time. He was kind of going, "Is with? But he put up with it. He sat down with me and here's, here's what I heard. Uh, Randy, I prophesy. I speak over you and over your future. I know that. No, know that. Oh, thank you. And uh, prayed something over the bread. And before I took the cup, I heard it again. Randy, the blood speaks about you. And then this download starts coming. It says, Randy, your frustrations, your past times of these cycles, you know, think back. I'm frustrated all the time. You know, the truth is, God, I get frustrated a lot. All of those things begin to prophesy over me. Thoughts were coming up. You shouldn't be pastoring. You shouldn't preach today. There's messages in that frustration. You shouldn't do this. How are you going to do this? Messages in past pain. You know what I heard? You're always going to be like this. You know what that is? That's a prophecy about the future. God was saying, the Holy Spirit was saying, those prophecies, those are from your frustration. Those aren't from me. I want to tell you about your future. This blood is speaking so much louder than any sin is predicting. Any habit, any cycle, anything about you, the blood speaks louder and with more authority. And I'm telling you, you are called. This is your Sunday. You are going to speak today. In fact, this private battle thing, it wasn't here until this morning. It's like, that's going to be, I was like, man, Holy Spirit, that would be a good point. And he's like, I right, don't you think? <laughs> Uh, we we got to gotta bring the plane down, but gang, here, here's what I'm saying to you. The more I just sit there and let him speak, yeah. he met me in my private battle Amen. that was trying to talk me out of what God has talked me into. Yeah. You see in the picture here? And here's what I know. Tomorrow morning, old jerk face is going to show up again. And he's going to find something to point at and go, well, you should have done this, and you should have called that, and you shouldn't have thought this, and you should have thought that, and all that. And it's going to start prophesying. Who are you? So you're the son of God. You think you're the son of God. Huh. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you to that private place, and you're going to think it's the devil, but it's not. He's picking a fight to say, I want to help you win here. Because if you win here, you're powerful out there and I'm big enough to whip, not just what's in public. I'm, I'm able to whip and for you to have victory in private. Last point, I'm gonna make it super quick. He leads you to your giant. He leads you to your giant, I just very quickly. Uh, T.D. Jakes last week preached this part better, than I could preach it, so I'll just repeat him because we're out of time. But he talked about this. He said, you know, in children's church, We teach our children that there was a Goliath, a giant, and uh, God needed David to go kill Goliath. That's what we teach our children. He said, but in the adult church, we got to tell you the truth. God didn't need David to go kill that giant. That giant was a gift to David. Because here's the truth. Again, let's look, the Holy Spirit is making us witnesses, people with firsthand experience of what we say we believe, not just philosophers. Are you tracking with me? He leads us places where you would think, why would you lead me here? So that you can get a little blood, get some scars, pile through something, stand strong, let the testing of your faith produce endurance. That giant was there. Do you remember what happened? He had the Holy Ghost camp experience. Samuel came, laid hands on him. You're The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, I'm anointed. Boom. Hallelujah. Pastor, wasn't that enough? No. He was anointed. He was called. He had heard what God had said about him, but it needed to be proven. Yeah. The Holy Spirit went and slapped a giant and said, hey, that kid over there hit you. He did that. And David comes up on this situation. And the Holy Spirit began to rise in him to do what he otherwise could not have done. And gang, God had said, you're a king. But David said, well, I'm a shepherd. And the way God calls a king out of a shepherd, you would think it's just like, come have the Holy Ghost camp experience. You need that. But he's going to take and go find a giant for you to beat so that you're not just all talk, but you actually have some scars to go. I'm not just a philosopher. I've been through it and the Holy Spirit kept me and I'm a personal firsthand witness. Yes. God, the Holy Spirit leads us to the battles that we need to fight and to defeat very quickly. You guys know I'm phlegmatic melancholy. You've heard it too. You're probably tired of hearing about it. What that means is I shouldn't be up here pastoring because I need everybody in my world to be happy with me and in church, not gonna happen. So. Uh, uh, so I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't like to take charge. I don't like to get in social settings and go, Hey, let me give you a speech. That is not me. I'm like, if somebody wants to talk, y'all go ahead and talk. I want to be hugging this corner over here and counting the seconds till I can get out of here. And I hope that's not too real for you, but that's how that's my bent. Does that mean that's what I'm limited to? Cause that's my personality, not on your life. That means that's what I got to push push against. And that's why I need the Holy spirit to come fill in what I'm not. So. Uh, I'm called seven, eight, nine years ago, uh, probably seven years ago, I can't remember. Anyway, there's a bunch of pastors here going to meet a bunch of dignitaries in uh, Israel and they called and said, Hey, do you want to come meet these dignitaries? Look, you, you, if, if it's between meeting dignitaries and getting beaten by a stick, I take the stick every time. It's like, what dress up and be all formal and it's like, Oh no, that's, that's like, no, it's like, y'all go. Hallelujah. Well, I, I began to feel like, and I told Stacy, I don't know why this is goofy. I don't even know why the guys are going to Israel to do this. Nothing about it, but I just had that thing, that little whisper of, and I kept, I started saying, Stacy, I think I'm supposed to be on this trip. Well, what's the trip about? I haven't. Actually, I don't know. Meet dignitaries, like, ugh. I mean, it's not that I don't like dignitaries. It's like all that formality and all that dress up and look like you're something you're not, and all. I just, I don't do it well. It's like, ugh, I don't fit that, but. So I called a friend of mine and said, hey, I think, his friend of mine said, hey, I think you're supposed to be on this trip. And whether he was or not, I just needed a friend. So he he comes on the trip. He was. We go and we start meeting uh, uh, men and women from the Jewish Agency. The Jewish Agency in Israel finds Jews all over the world who wanna come back to Israel, and they they find the money, they send the planes, and if military, uh, if there's other assistance needed because of where they're located, men fight and die to see to it that anybody that wants to come home to, to Israel and it's really a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Well, I start figuring all this out, and we're going through meeting all these dignitaries, and you know, it's, it's, to me, it's still uncomfortable meetings. It's dressing up in a suit and having these formal things where all the civil wear so, just so, and you're like, where did you start? Okay, so, I, and, uh, and, hi, my name's Pastor Randy Harvey. I'm from blah, blah, blah. And uh, so, but I'm, I'm sensing the Holy Spirit in all this situation. Uh, we get to the last meeting, before we leave, and we had, been taught, we had been kind of warned that we were gonna meet a, a very important person. Her name was Nella, who's part of the Jewish agency. She was a prickly Russian Jewish atheist. Uh, the Bottom line is this, the, the, the people in that agency, they're not Christian, but they know that the, the Western church, Christians, will give money to help them do that, and quite frankly, their job is get the money from us. Now, that's probably way too real, but that, I knew th- this is the bottom line. What's, where's the spiritual rub here? Well, so we're, we're meeting her in the lobby of this hotel, and uh, we're all circled around. There's a bar right behind us, and people are serving drinks. Nella comes in, and everybody in Israel has fought and killed and, and protected lives. You can't, everybody, you can't be a citizen without serving. And Nella looked like a general. I mean, she was just a woman with authority. She walked in. She had that, I don't know how to say this, that Russian Jew in charge thing. She was, yeah. So she comes and she sits in a stool up kind of above me, and I'm in a regular chair, and I got set right beside her. And so we start with the, the formal introductions on that side and the pastors, like 10 pastors and everybody going, hello, my name is Pastor Jeff Wells. I'm this and this, blah, blah, blah. Glad to be in your country. Thank you for being here, sir, blah, blah, blah. Just formalities. Pastor to pastor. And I'm thinking in my head, my thoughts, I'm thinking, look, you're a phlegmatic melancholy. You know, get in, get out. Uh, everybody, Everybody's okay. You know, say it quick. Get out of this situation. So uh, they're going around, and you know, when you're the last guy, you got longer to be anxious. So uh, like, great. So they're all going around, and we get to, not this guy, but the guy right here. And I'm thinking, I'm Randy Harvey, pastor there, great to be in your country, proud of what y'all do. I'm out. I'm a phlegmatic melancholy. So <laughs> boom. But we get to right, right about here, and all of a sudden, I, it's like these, these, this passion starts stirring on the, my inside. I was like... I start hearing all kinds of thoughts, and it's God, the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not what I was thinking right there. I'm thinking, something's happening on the inside of me. Here's what was happening. The Holy Spirit was, I'm here, I'm Randy Harvey. Great to be here. I start feeling this. Randy, I'm gonna need to borrow your skin, your vocal cords, and your brain. You're gonna sit this one out. I mean, literally. I'm sitting. I got to get out of this situation because we don't like these situations. And all of a sudden, I'm sensing the Holy Spirit saying, "I'm about to borrow you. I'm gonna put you on." And uh, so it's like, "Scoot over." You know, when an officer stops a car and says, I'm, "I'm confiscating the car," that's what I felt like. The Holy Spirit said, uh, "I need, I need you. Move it." And so, all of a sudden, these these thoughts start dr- rising on the inside of me. And then it's this guy, and I'm thinking, do I do this or this, and what's going on? And all of a sudden, when she said, she just looked down at me with those eyes, and uh, I didn't even know what I said. I said, you and the Jewish agency, I just starts like, "What's going? what do you do? You and the Jewish agency, you are fulfilling prophecy that's in Scripture. You are going about doing the work of God, and he's working in you. And he's bringing people from the north, south, and the east, and west, because it's prophesied that he would return the Jews to the homeland, and you're a part of it, and the hand of God is working through you. And she's looking down at me, and she gets passionate, and she says, men and women are dying to get them back, and she is passionate. I thought, oh, I've made her mad, and she's... uh, She said, men and women are dying. And I said, that's exactly right. And God's put a holy homesickness in people to get them back here. And it's exactly, y'all are doing exactly what Jesus did. God so wanted to return you to his home. He sent his son Jesus to die. And I didn't stop right there. I was like, what do you do?" I said, look. I, said, I went Esther on her. I said, perhaps you have been brought to this place of prominence for such a time as this and everybody in the place is crying, I'm crying, and Nella, who probably hadn't cried in a good 12 years, Nella, <laughs> her tears are coming back, and she says, I've never experienced anything like this. I was like, me neither. <laughs> just heavy And she starts trying to get back into, in charge, and I start trying to find, you know, phlegmatic melancholy. King, here's what I want you to know. The scripture says this about the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna bring you before king, kings and important people, and you don't have to know what to say. I'll tell you what to say when you come before them. You need to know. I, had, I could preach that pretty good because of the gifts to, to, to communicate I could preach that before them pretty good here's what you need to know you could talk me out of my ideas then but I'm an eyewitness of the the power of the Holy Spirit taking me to one of my giants I don't want to be there God I don't want to be the you know the, the spectacle in a, in a bar with people around and somebody that doesn't like me nor know me that's not my thing but he took me straight to one of my giants to say randy harvey whenever i need you i will put you on and i can use you and i i am a personal witness to the work of the holy spirit and gang here's what i want you to know the Holy Spirit does wanna enlighten your mind, but more than that, he's leading you. And I tell you, some of you are in some desperate, private battles right now, and you're thinking, God, help me. I want you to know, you just pray that prayer, Holy Spirit, would you please come to my wilderness to help me fight this giant? Because what's happening is, he is going to help you. You're not gonna die out there. Yeah, amen. You need to know that. Amen. And you're gonna become credible with you, and because right now, you, almost, you consider yourself a fraud Because you know the word, you know how to do church, you know how to do all this, but you're you're afraid to be a witness. You're just trying to stay in good with God, and that's exactly what Satan would like for you to do all of your to lose in private and to feel like a fraud because you make a poor witness. The Holy Spirit's here to fix that. He's here to fix that. He's at work in all of us, all right? That is the work of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to pray over you. I know we've gone over. I'd like prayer teams to come to the the front. God, the Holy Spirit's in this room, though. Some of you are going to go home and start looking at that private battle awfully different. Not like a loser. You're going to stand your ground. The Holy Spirit's going to help you win that in private. And your accusations against yourself are going to be broken. Those thought cycles are going to get broken. You are not a fraud. You are not a fraud. Let's stand to our feet, gang. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. You are in our thoughts. You are in the deep wilderness of the deepest thoughts that people are miles from knowing what's going on in the desperateness and the secrecy of my heart. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're, that you're not alone out there, sir. You're not alone, ma'am. You're not alone. He's with you. He's with you. All of those doubts, all of that self-doubt, he brought you to this place to say, we're going to defeat this thing. We're going to subdue it. And all of the prophecies about what you're not going to become, how you're going to stay stuck, how it's never going to change, those are lies. God, the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, speak about, he gives you the words and he is a prophet. He will prophesy through you prophecy that has authority to actually predict your future. I break the power of thinking cycles right now that are predicting anything other than what God has said over lives right now in Jesus' name. The visitor of shame that continues to question, you're not good enough. You're you're a fraud because of what's happening in your private life. I break the power of that. Holy Spirit, come right now, I pray, into lives, into the wilderness and the secrets of all of our hearts, not to shame or condemn, but to go to war so that we can say to ourselves, Jesus walked out of that desert right into the temple and said, the spirit of the living God is upon me. He has anointed me. And I pray that over the people of this church right now, God, and over the crossing church. Would you fill this church? With your power and with your presence and do what we otherwise could never do and would you make us credible witnesses to the work of god in our lives and i thank you for this in jesus name lord our final act our final act of prayer is over our finances god and lord we bring those to you bring our finances to you god nothing competes for you and your position in our lives like our checkbook, like our bank accounts, like the stock market and all of those things. Lord, right now, we bring you our tithe, our offerings, our financial gifts. We open to you to say, God, speak. We trust you. Holy Spirit, we trust you. You're leading us. You've gone before us. You know the way financially for us to go. And so I pray over these lives, over these families, over the giving today, Lord, I thank you that we, whatever you place in our heart, that's what we're going to do. We're going to give, Lord. We're going to begin tithing. We're going to begin giving in ways that we've not given because we trust you, God. We trust you. So, Lord, would you bless the finances and the giving today? Lord, just, just at large this week, this week, Holy Spirit, we just open to you. I just believe there's going to be some new private moments with you, Holy Spirit, in, this, in our secret world. Thank you, Father. I just speak success and blessing and grace and favor and presence over this week and over this people. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing in our church. In Jesus' name, everyone say amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Find more of our podcasts on iTunes or in our audio library at thecrossing.cc.